0: Hello. Welcome to the podcast at For All Our Kids. You are listening to our story segment. Today is the 24th story from the Vikram and Betal series. Before we go to the story, have you checked out our website www.forallourkids.com? That is www.forall OurKids.com We have lots of printables, we have books, and we have book reviews from children. Do check it out. And now to the story. Guilt. The graveyard was dark and cold. Vikram grabbed the corpse of a gnarled branch of the people tree and put it on his shoulder. It had been many months, but he kept his promise and began his lonely march back to the camp, where his soldiers waited for him. But he knew it wouldn't be silent for very long. A minute or so later, the vampire needled him. Vikrama, I have heard that you are a righteous king. Okay. But why do you do this? Does the hermit have a hold over you? Are you feeling guilty about something that you did to him? Is that why you come month after month? Let me tell you the story of a guilty king. The vampire began the story. King Dhananjay of Bhavanipur was known to be fearless and intelligent. But the people of Bhavanipur and neighboring kingdoms respected him for his sense of fairness and appreciation of honesty and hard work. On the flip side, Dhananjaya was known to punish criminals ruthlessly. He had no mercy for those who harmed others. In the same kingdom lived a sage with such extraordinary powers that he could even bring the dead back to life. When the sage came to live in Bhavanipur, he promised Dhananjay that he would always give him the proper counsel, no matter what Dhananjay asked. The king considered himself lucky, consulted the sage for all critical decisions and sought his blessings. Every year, Bhavanipur held a contest for scholars. Thanks to the king's patronage, learned men and women came from near and far to participate in the competitions. There were many prizes under different categories, but the most coveted was the special award given to the person whose efforts helped the public. The award had a lot of money, but it also carried much prestige. That year, Arjun, a young man known to the queen, won the special award. He had grown up in the palace stables. When one of the maids told the queen about the bright young boy, the queen took a personal interest in his well-being and arranged for him to learn with the other children in the palace. Arjun had put his learning to good use. When he won the special award, he decided to use the money to benefit more people. After a lot of deliberation, he decided to open a school. The king and queen were excited and wished him well in his endeavours. If you find that you need more money to build your school, please let us know. We will be happy to make your dream come true, the queen told Arjun when he came to visit her. Arjun left the money in safekeeping with his friend and travelled around the kingdom. He wanted to explore the region before settling on a place to build his school. The news of his award had spread to many areas. Towns and villages hoped that the school would be built near them so that their kids could attend the institution. Just because a kingdom is prosperous and flourishes doesn't mean that everybody there is hardworking, does it? There were gangs of robbers, especially in the towns further away from the capital. News that a young man who had won a large sum of money was traveling around the kingdom reached the ears of many gangs. Some were more cautious because they had heard that this young man was well known to the queen. They didn't want to bring the wrath of King Dananjay on their heads. However, there was one robber who was more reckless than the others. His name was Chandrakant. He had only two others under him and he had no scruples about who he hurt. Khan's gang kept their ears open for news about Arjun's school. You see, Chandrakhan planned to bring Arjun to him. The gang found what they felt was an ideal village for their thieving schemes. There was plenty of land available to construct a large school, and there were many villages from where children could attend the school. Then one of the robbers visited Arjun and pleaded with him. Sir, there are so many children in the villages around our farm. I would be honored if you were to build your school there. You can take my land. I will give it to you for free. Your school will benefit our children so much. Arjun was touched. If the land was free, the money could be spent on other materials needed for the school so he agreed to accompany the robber. A few days later, the two men were on their way to see the land. Arjun had led a very sheltered life. Sure, he was poor and didn't have any family, but he had been cared for well in the palace. He had not had much exposure to the life of people outside the court, so he trusted people too readily. The robber took him straight to where Chandrakhan was waiting, with a knife. Give me your money, and you can go free. Arjun was astonished, so he wasn't cautious with his words. I'm not foolish to carry all that money with me. I left it with a friend for safekeeping. It wasn't a good idea to be flippant with such a dangerous man. Chandrakhan stepped closer to Arjun, his face red. Arjun was young and had the energy and strength to fight, and he did. He managed to run free, but slipped and hit his head. The robbers did not wait to see if Arjun was alive or not. They knew they had to run that very minute, and so they did. A passerby saw the young man and brought him to his house. Arjun died of his injuries a few days later. When the news reached the king and queen, they were grief-stricken. They had lost someone they had known from his childhood. He had left the palace with such great enthusiasm to make his dream come true. How could such an unjust thing have happened in their kingdom? You must find out who did this to Arjun and punish them. The queen commanded, the anger in her voice chilling those who heard it. King dhananjay sent out scouts to find out what happened. Soon, Chandrakant and his gang were chained and put in prison. The king ruled that the three robbers be put to death. But the queen was not consoled. Maybe it is our fault. If we had not given him the award, if we had sent some soldiers with him, If we had... She was filled with guilt that they hadn't done enough to keep Arjun safe. Then Anjaya went to the sage to seek comfort. Oh, holy sage, I have committed a serious crime. I am responsible for the death of a young man. Please use your divine powers to bring the young man and the three robbers back to life. The sage listened to the whole story before he spoke. No, Dhananjaya, I will not bring these men back to the living. The vampire paused for a moment, and then asking Vikrama, Don't you find it strange that the king, who was famous for respecting hard work and honesty, for handing severe punishments to criminals, asked for the robbers' lives back? If the sage didn't agree with the king, shouldn't he have offered to bring Arjun back to life? If you know the answers to my questions, you should tell me now. Or else, your head will shatter to pieces, O king. Vikrama, as always, was ready with his answer. King Dhananjaya wanted to bring Arjun back to life. If Arjun was alive, then there was no crime. That is why he asked for the robber's lives. The sage was right to turn down the king's request, though. The king blamed himself for giving the award to Arjun. If the young man had had no money, then the robbers wouldn't have been tempted to lure him alone. Arjun wouldn't have tripped and injured himself. But the king was taking on a responsibility that was not his. The robbers chose to commit a crime. Their decision to threaten and fight with Arjun led to the accident if the king took personal responsibility for every crime that was connected to his actions, it would be a disaster for the kingdom. Vikrama finished his answer and stared at the vampire floating away into the night. And that is the end of our story today. So my friends, what do you think? Do you ever feel guilty for something that wasn't your fault? A lot of us do. We believe it'll make us feel better. But you know what? That's not true. In fact, if we accept responsibility for others' actions, we are overestimating our influence. We are expecting too much of ourselves. Supposing you sit on glasses that were left on the sofa and they broke, you may feel a little guilty. But the person who left the glasses on the sofa is at fault because that is not the place for something fragile and hard to see. If you feel guilty about an action of yours that causes harm, that's different. Don't take on the responsibility for other people's actions on yourself. That's all for today's episode. Do come back next week for more. Until then, goodbye from all of us at For All Our Kids.